Hello and welcome to the 551 Podcast uh, Snowpocalypse Edition. Uh, I am Wes Perdine and I am on the phone with uh, local celebrated carnival barker Jim Oliver. How are you, man? I'm pretty good. <laughs> voice is holding up and I'm not doing much barking lately. But yeah. Good. yeah, the bearded lady is, uh, has been, been on... Uh, uh, maternity leave, uh, and so it kind of that makes it rough for you. Um, uh, normally, we would do this in the same room, but it is, uh, it's not, I don't know if it's snowpocalypse or it's just like crazy weather edition. There was snow thunder earlier today, and uh, yeah, so no one's leaving the house. Uh, Alex Schieferdecker is, um, uh, I was going to have him on to, to make this a, a, a weird threesome, but uh, apparently he's afraid. I think if he says Molino one more time, he'll Beetlejuice it and, and something bad will happen. So he's taking a break this week. So it's you and me. We get to talk about uh, actual soccer where um, we had a season game, a, a, a game that mattered. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah, it felt great to finally um, see something, I guess. Um, I watched, I think, five games this weekend. So it's like the usual first weekend binge oh yeah and we'll see how much i can take going forward <laughs> i i usually watch <laughs> so I, I think i watch six six games uh not all of six games but you know a good chunk of six games this weekend and uh that's basically the, those are the six non-minnesota united games i'm gonna watch all season i usually just like <laughs> go crazy and then it's like eh, i could watch this game or i could just take a nap so um <laughs> But uh, we're, we've got some good, the bad, and the weird. We've got Minnesota United. We've got Twitter questions. Let's go to the break, and okay. we'll come back and do the good, the bad, and the weird. Back on the 55-1 podcast, uh, I'm Wes, and I've got Jim Oliver, former Dark Clouds president and now just just civilian um, uh, and uh, before we get to the good, the bad, and the weird and talk soccer, um, I want to talk like the, the super good. We'll start with this red card to racism.com is the website. Um, this is something that, uh, um, uh, two local folks in Minnesota started when they heard about the Idaho juniors story, which is, you know, just in short, uh, you know, a, a youth team in Idaho kind of gets kind of. Uh, this kind of racist crap thrown at them. And um, this is a fundraiser to bring this team to USA Cup, the biggest soccer tournament for youth in the Western Hemisphere. It's super awesome. It has 153 uh, donors right now. It's gotten shared way above that. And I think that people can just take time ten dollars twenty dollars whatever it's um it's a way to show racism the red card it's to, to do something awesome and uh so i want to i just want to plug that now um, yeah and it's a great way like it's not just it's not yelling at people who are racist it's like <laughs> sending kids who are learning how to live and play in like a multicultural environment to a place to go do more of that. So it's like even better than yelling at racists. It's actually teaching kids how to like work together and play together. It's a really good idea. And I, I really would, I, I would support a GoFundMe to support people yelling at racists though. I'm just, if someone <laughs> wants to start that one, I will, I will totally back that as well. Um, let's go to the good which is uh, my good is going to be Houston four Atlanta zero. The most joy I had this weekend was just watching Atlanta be just thoroughly, thoroughly bare bottom spanked by Houston. Uh, I, I'm a big fan yeah. of Wilmer Cabrera. I'm a big hater of Atlanta, and just those two things are just like, a, oh man, I, I was living living the dream. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't have anything against. Atlanta particularly, but it is like, you know, like coming into the season, they were sort of, every, everybody was drumming up how amazing they were and they're, and they're, you know, they're set to be good, but they are not set up to deal with a Cabrera team that is like kind of ignoring the, the offensive half of the middle third and just kind of running at people with pace and, and skipping the midfield. Like, 
Well, for, for as little respect as that gets, it scored four awesome goals in Houston. They've got the they've got. I mean, basically, Atlanta are the the world's shittiest mullet. Where it's 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 like party up front and then just turd droppings in the back because they they've got like yeah. Jeff Laurentowitz and basically then like a, a stack of toothpicks next to him, and Jeff mm-hmm. Laurentowitz is is basically uh, ready to be old yellered at this point. Um, and so it, they just have no defense. They've got no like spine. You know, they've got Nagby who goes walk about and uh, um, some, you know, basically a, a can of English lager. Um, and that's the, that's like what's protecting them. And then they've got this, this amazing attack. Um, and I, I think that I, I was kind of surprised at how many people were, just thinking that they would win the supporters' shield, and they, you know, and so it was good vindication for my um, smug know-it-all attitude. So, hooray, me! Yeah, it's—I <laughs> I don't know if it's like it, this next week and the the next couple of weeks to see what kind of adjustments they make. Like, um, they—you're right—they don't have a bench at all for for the number six or or definitely like outside backs either, but um they might, you know, get get some of those sexy attackers to commit to defending a little bit more. Or maybe maybe this is the period where we finally kinda get Nagby really like box to box. Like there there's changes they can make, but um well Jesus, yeah, did they get whomped on Saturday? You've got a you've got another like a, good as well. I do it was I it was um the other um, East game that I watched that day, um, Orlando, DC, it was awesome seeing Steph Pino score, uh, for the first time, like, um, an NASL, uh, player that we've been watching for years, um, doing great. And he like comes to Orlando city on a free from, uh, Miami. Right. Right. And yep. NASL folds and, and he scored like a real good Steph Pino goal, like just totally in control. Like somebody rifles a, a kind of square pass into him in the box, and he just slots it away. Like yeah, last it, it was, it's just awesome. Last minute draw, and and um, earlier in the match, uh, PC other NESL uh, longtime player <laughs> yeah. uh, gets a red card uh, for Atlanta. So it was uh, the best of both NESL worlds uh, for for Orlando. Um. The bad I'm going to go to just quick is uh, Fiorentina's captain, D- David Astori, uh, 31 years old, suddenly died. Uh, still not much information about it, uh, but he died in the hotel. And, you know, uh, Serie A was canceled uh, yesterday on Sunday. Just very weird. So bad, bad times. You know, he was very widely uh, liked player, um, played with the Italian national team. And so... Yeah, that's a bummer. Yeah, um, that's kind of the worst thing. Yeah. It's the good, the worst, and the yeah. weird. And so the weird, uh, to change notes completely, is that today, on Monday, <laughs> um, uh, the state of Ohio, the attorney general filed suit against Columbus Crew and Anthony Precourt, uh, uh, you know, for because they're, they're breaking a law in in. Ohio that says if you get uh, public funding, you can't take this team and just move it anywhere. Um, I'm still waiting for the full of soccer lawyer Twitter to to weigh in on this. There's like five guys who uh, who, who basically uh, represent this this uh, genre of soccer Twitter, and um, they're experts. Yeah, uh, they seem to think. At least the two I I was reading who were immediately responding, they seem to think that this is going to be a pretty tough law to actually enforce. It's and it because it's I, I didn't read a lot about it today, but this is is it based on that the thing in Ohio that like when the Browns left? Yeah, it has a name. It's named they, after some person. And yeah, so I I'm, yeah. I just uh, like over Christmas I was reading that. Um, uh, the stadium funding scam book mm-hmm. that I can't remember the name of now, but I remember field reading schemes. about that and I thought, yes, field of schemes. Yeah. And I, um, and this, I went, all I saw of it on Twitter today, I figured it must have something to do with that, but I still don't, 
I feel like that stadium's got to be kind of paid for and paying for itself now. Like, I'm not sure how the crew currently are kind of on the hook for it. Like, it's really, that's why I want, yeah, you're right. You're right to hear the lawyers about this one because it is going to be some kind of fairly subtle technical distinctions, I think, right. that make yeah. it ultimately not work. <laughs> but it's good. We haven't, we haven't had a good, solid U.S. soccer um, big lawsuit in, in a solid. <laughs> 10 days so yeah I'm, I'm here for that um i, I just want to before we go to the minnesota united section uh i want to point out that there are the three Concacaf champions league games this week that are uh super awesome uh oh, yeah. so uh i forget which nights these are does it start tuesday night is that tijuana red bulls yep. uh is the first one wednesday night is toronto tigres and uh thursday yep. night is seattle shivas um, yep. I don't know all if, be uh, yeah, I don't know if the, the, none of these are going to be bad. They're all, I mean, well, they might be bad in the result, but they all should be good games. Uh, um, Tijuana, I guess are the only, um, or probably the weakest team of that, of that group. Um, Shivas, maybe. how is it? Yeah. Maybe oh. Shivas is doing worse than I, than I know right now. Um, I, I am a Liga MX expert, but, um, <laughs> Yeah, well, I think Cholos is Cholos is doing a little bit better, but I think Chivas is a little more unpredictable, and they're and I think they're playing on the road too. So yeah, um, I mean, regardless, all of the I mean, those these are good good teams. So um, I, I mean, Tigres right now are in fourth, but they're awesome. Well, yeah, Tijuana are in sixth, and uh, uh, whoa, Chivas Guadalajara are in sixteenth with uh, eight yeah. points from from ten games. So. Okay, well, that's a that's a good time for uh, for Seattle. Um, and then this weekend, New York City FC uh, play LAFC, which is probably the the, the most exciting thing. But uh, anything else from from the past weekend or, or looking forward that like stuck out to you? Any big surprises or or interesting fun things you saw? Um, the LAFC Seattle game was a delight for me. Um. Uh, anytime I can see Seattle lose, I'm really psyched about that. <laughs> I'm a, I've hated them since they're in the USL. Um, the and and to, like I know that they um they've been saying they were they're rotating the squad in preparation for the CCL stuff, but it's still like watching Roman Torres get megged on that ball from uh, um uh up to Rossi for the goal. Like that was a, that was a sweet goal. Um, just a really awesome three pass move to set that free. So that was the highlight of my Sunday. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I want to watch the Toronto um, Tigres game because those two are like two of the top five in North America, maybe. Do we put Toronto that high? I mean, that's, that's what's going to decide it, right? Yeah. I mean, T- if, if Toronto. Yeah. If, if Toronto can really show against them, then then we start to say like, oh, Toronto's really put together. Um, they and they definitely are going to be looking to prove themselves after getting like losing to Columbus the way they did. Yeah. That wasn't. I think that was a closer game than two nil. Um, they didn't look like scoring ever, but they. I think they got they got punished pretty heavily for for two kind of minor lapses in, in defense. So um, so they're definitely going to tighten that up and they're definitely going to be better. So we might see Toronto at their best and Tigres is sputtering just a little. Yeah. Um, so. Well, um, on that, let's take a break. We'll come back and then we will talk about the, um, the goal fest in San Jose. Yeah, the whole big quarters. Back on the 55-1 podcast, uh, we are going to talk about Minnesota United, who went to San Jose. They played late night uh, game in uh, on Saturday night, and uh, I was at the Nomad. You were at the Nomad. Uh, it was packed yep. full of people. It was pretty great to be back, um, to see tons of people whose names I could not quite remember. I was like, hey, guy. 
uh, who looks like this other guy. So maybe your name's Mike or Doug. I forget. Um, anyway. He's good. full of hat, dude. Yeah, exactly. Uh, um, so uh, we've got a lot to go go through here, um, but maybe maybe we'll start with uh, the, the surprises, uh, changes, where you had um, Matt Lampson starting in goal instead of Bobby Shuttleworth. You had um, Abu Dunladi starting up top for Christian Ramirez. And um, you didn't see the team go with the four three three that that they had been tr- trotting out in preseason. Instead, you saw Ibsen and Schuler behind, kind of what what's a pretty locked in now. Nicholson, Molino, and and Finley. Um, were you as, as surprised about this? I know I was kind of not surprised, but still an, an annoyed. But the, the Lampson was actually kind of seemed like out of nowhere, but. Well, I, and and in some of the I haven't read it all, but in some of the the post game media stuff, I think uh, Keith was saying that um, Bobby's maybe had some injury setbacks or other kind of setbacks in preseason that he thought Lampson was kind of more prepared on the day. So in retrospect, that I, I guess that, um, and I think everybody you know, that watched preseason was really impressed with Lanson's game against um, Columbus. Columbus, I mean, it's good. They blend more. together to me because I just, yeah. Um, uh, I, you know, the, between the two of them, I think it's hard to choose one or the other because I, it, you know, for, for as much as it matters, I kind of rate them about the same. Um, well, the, I have some... The question going going forward is going to be, um, you know, uh, they are pretty interchangeable. Um, uh, and do you so does he switch back to Bobby for the next game? You know, if it's a matter of fitness, then it's a bit easier to kind of uh, justify saying, well, Bobby was the number one. Now he's back. He's fit. You know, um, but yeah. it, it is kind of, uh, you know, Bobby. I think had some flaws, but. Um, you know, he certainly, if you're talking about wanting to have kind of this consistency and wanting to use what you had from last season, uh, switching out your goalkeeper is maybe, maybe not, uh, not the way you'd go, but, um, the, the Abu decision, uh, you know, I'm, I'm taking it as Abu or, um, Adrian has talked about, or talked about wanting to kind of play this kind of counterattacking style. Um, Abu, we saw him being used in that role in preseason, and it it makes sense, right? Uh, Abu mm-hmm. makes runs that Christian doesn't, and so I am completely sympathetic to. Um, we saw it work in Atlanta, for example. That that win, Abu did yep. something that Ramirez couldn't do, and so uh, you know, a, a tactical decision like that, I'm I'm kind of sympathetic to. It, it makes sense. I, I still think. Um, my main problem with it is that we are not a good counterattacking team, and uh, Abu still he does make those runs, but they're not very successful. Um, Ethan Finley has not been good yet this preseason and season. He was bad in this game, um, or not bad. He was just completely irrelevant. Kevin Thomas, yeah. So the two of them are very set up for that, but we don't play in a good counterattacking style. We don't have a lot of speed, um, other than uh, perhaps Finley and and Abu, and um, and we're not very good at it. So that's that's my real frustration with that decision. Yeah, and I mean, and I I agree that the like the tactical swap is I I understand it. I think against San Jose. It's, Especially that they didn't—they they're kind of unsettled in defense with some new faces and a new coach. So like, so a forward or a striker like like Abu, who who's capable of creating some separation with his pace, and then that you know that that rifle of a shot that he's got. But it, but that's also kind of his whole skill set from what we've seen. I think goal scoring wise, where like where Christian doesn't need separation. He just needs service. And so, um, but 
I can see I can see putting Abu in early and like and seeing if if he can kind of probe the defense and then you know it, we got for, we'll talk about this later but we got forced into the um, into the sub right. this way but I I can see how Abu would be like a good kind of opening gambit but but you're right though that without you know without without like that kind of strong really strong playmaker behind him it's it's kind of almost still down to luck whether the ball is going to make it to him while he's making that run too um it's it's a gamble but yeah but i but i understand and and you, you still just kind of come back to that same thing that everybody's been saying all winter of like without without a real commanding number six to win that ball and without a number 10 to find people up front like does it matter who the forward is i'm not sure it does well um the i mean the big changes that happened were uh you know we'll talk about the goals that we gave up but but eventually the changes that happened were ibarra comes in in the 75th uh colin warner came in i forget in, in the it was around the 80th um uh and uh christian obviously came in in the 20 something uh um and yeah, and for uh, Abu's injury, and um, you know the last ten minutes, it's it's hard to say because it, you know obviously San Jose dropped off quite a bit, so the tactics were very different from what they were playing in the first you know half. Um, yeah. But what you had is that Ibarra in for Finley, and I, that was surprising, right? Rather than Nicholson um, in for Finley, yeah. all of a sudden you have. Uh, with Dinladi and Finley out, you have two players who are l- looking more backwards, and Ibarra is to a fault looking backwards. All of his passes were backwards, but um, as you know, Alex Schieferdecker talks about this really well in the piece up on Fifty Five One. Um, you know, Ibarra's back pass then leads. You know, by by being smart and turning, uh, he sends it back, and then the ball can kind of gets moved back to another position and. That's where the first goal comes from, uh, from Molino. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, it, it is infuriating sometimes that Ibarra is not turning around and looking toward their goal enough. But yeah. he is kind of he is doing some really basic work of helping us probe more slowly, and that tactic worked better. I, I do think that we are some sort of possession team. I don't think we're set up to try this counterattacking stuff. And so that that's where I'm a little frustrated. No, well, but, and so I, I'm trying to think charitably about the decisions Adrian makes now. And so if I, if, if I sort of take the more charitable interpretation of, of, of Ibarra, um, if, if we're going to say that, that he's coming on in, late in the game that's you know putting putting Miguel Ibarra on at 70 at the 75th minute after Ethan Finley has been running down the throat of a a left back for 70 minutes like that should be a war crime right that like Miguel is he's all over the map he's fast he never gets tired and if you're telling him to only run for 20 minutes he's going to be redlining the whole time so that makes me want and that makes me wonder if maybe that's a smart way to use him as just a a way to create these kind of overloads and collapse one side of the defense the way it did especially in the second or the no the first goal that Molino scored um so maybe that if, if that if that's the plan that worked real good against San Jose, like, and it's easy to say that they were turned off because they were up by three goals and weren't looking forward anymore. So they were just kind of on their heels and um, and nobody's good at playing soccer on their heels. But um, but I mean he he had a huge he seemed to me to have a serious effect and and through through his off the ball movement and Alex and I are like totally on the same page with this, that, that, um, Miguel creates opportunities for other people with his movement off the ball. And there's no statistical, or, you know, I don't know. Dave Leidig will, will find something. I'm sure. 
Um, <laughs> you can, if you can do something with a heat map and then yeah. pass your expected something, I don't know. But but that's that's important to me, and and that's my takeaway watching the game that that I see him moving, and I see players frustrated, and I see them make mistakes, and I assume it's because of his presence because they weren't doing it when Ethan Finley was on the field, and that's not because he was doing poorly. They were just handling what his approach was. So, right. Yeah. yeah. So then let, let's go back to um, the first half, which was uh, just crap defense. Uh, you know, the the yeah. um, before we eventually gave up the two goals in 66 seconds, uh, we almost gave up two goals previously when uh, um, Wando, well, yeah, first Wando... Um, runs to the near post box all just lets him go and almost yeah. he almost scores at the at the near post um okay and then there's the two goals and then after that there was another two goals almost two goals where um yeah. Hosen missed the shot and then he and then the ball hit the post uh from a corner um but the first goal uh, there's a lot to it there's there's kind of I don't think there's a player to blame, it's the the, the central midfield uh, as we knew, um, and the defense. And I, I thought Mears was poor all night. Um, uh, and then the so that ball kind of is that the Hosen goal? Um, yep. Yeah. And then the second goal, Calvo just gives the ball away st- absolutely stupidly. Um, and then um, Mears and the midfield just let the man uh, run in on on goal. It it was just a it, it was t- to a T what we saw last season, and then you know we had another goal later on. But um, it, it, those were the types of uh, just really bad central midfield d- defense. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and that's that's really frustrating because it because it means that that when you're conceding the ball high like that, and then all four defenders are turning their back to it and running toward the goal. And then, and, um, Hosen especially is going to set things up and, and crack those shots. in. that was, I think what we kind of took away from that. Cause the, cause the first goal is just that blown clearance from Boxall. He comes out and challenges, right? Boxall yeah, came yeah, out yeah. to challenge for the ball and didn't, he didn't win it. And if, you know, if your center backs are coming that far up the field to, you know, either cut to cut those balls out or to try to win them in the air, then you know you're three at the back now, and there's organization to do, and it's four guys that most you know you want them to have played together, but today, you know, Saturday night was their first game together, so it's I, I don't know what you. I'm trying to the, the I was watching the highlights again today, and they don't they don't show what happens before the pass in before the blown clearance, and I'm mm-hmm. trying to remember kind of where it comes from. But but you still just wish like if there was if there was a fifth man back there, um, where that ball was landing to even to kind of unsettle the um. Wando was it Wando was challenging for it? I don't remember, but um, there could have been somebody in front of those defenders. I think it was Schuler might have been the closest midfielder, and I don't think he ever affected the play at all. And so you're just like, all right, well, he's not the guy, you know. So well, I, I, I certainly thought Schuler did an adequate job. Um, I, I thought Tison did an adequate job. Uh, Nicholson did an adequate job. Um, Mm-hmm. Molino eventually did decently well. Um, everyone else was pretty poor on the night, and it it makes me think. Cal- you want to say? I, I think I, I didn't think Mears was really poor. I think he made two big mistakes that resulted in in goals. I think some some of the there's there's blame. <laughs> Like yeah, Lanson, the parts where he was um, not giving up goals, he was really good. <laughs> well, there's a lot of that. But I mean, but I think there was the, the goalkeeping wasn't amazing yeah. when they would get scored on, so there, that wasn't 
might have been part of it, but the, um, yeah, it's, it, it's a hard job being a defender for Minnesota right now because, because you're having to push up and centrally so much and they just lose their organization. I mean, I think the, the good part was that we weren't getting those crosses in across the six. <laughs> it was like, what did you, you called it yeah. like the center bingo square right. um, of, of, for Minnesota yeah. United. Yep. Uh, the free one. Um, so, so that was an improvement. Um, you know, I did, they were, they were getting punished for, for some admittedly bad mistakes, but it is kind of structural too, though. Well, right? if I'm, I think Schuler and Schuler, right. Schuler and Hudson are two box to box midfielders. Yeah. They're not playing defense. They get caught out of position and I don't, it's, I'm not sure. I, I don't understand if, if one of them is being given a, a role that they're not fulfilling, then that's weird. Or if, Two box to box midfielders are supposed to add up to a defense midfielder. I don't. I don't think Ibsen uh, does roles. Um, I, I think. Uh, I, I, it's enough that um, as we can kind of turn our, our attention to looking forward, uh, I'm, I'm curious what what the changes you would make uh, going forward. You know, we've got Orlando coming up this weekend. Um, I'm looking at that central midfield pair, and I thought Schuler deserves another shot. You know, he did all right. Ibsen, who I love, uh, did not have a good game. I didn't think he had a good preseason, and he uh, might be someone I I would send a message to and uh, put on the bench and put uh, maybe start Colin Warner and Schuler. I don't think that's a great. That's not a like awe inspiring central midfield, but you know. Uh, it's 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 you've got enough mediocrity there that you've got to you've got to come to these guys and be like, look, you've got to step up and and do something better. Um, uh, I don't think Colin Warner's defensive part of the game is is fantastic. He's not as good with the with visionary passes as as Ibsen, obviously, but um, but he can do a job in there. And and same thing with Colin Martin, who I think is shaky in, in some of his stuff, but um. I do think there there is some talent that they that each of them can bring in their own way. Yeah, I I mean I was when when Colin Warner got signed to Minnesota, I was actually happy because um, when he was being kind of a destroyer for Houston, like he that Bruce and I would Bruce uh, Bruce McGuire and I would kind of we got in fights about it that that I thought he was a good destroyer because he was um, but he was like bad at soccer. The, the, the kind of passing, <laughs> moving part of it um, wasn't his strong suit, but he could he could be in a place to knock somebody over or follow somebody, and like that's and in Houston that's good enough, I think, because because you can start of move up the wing with a free kick, and then everything just fills in behind because they have such speed um, on the outside, and they value that so much, and they plan for it. But um, I don't think he's been as good here. He looked good on Saturday, but again, you kind of wonder if that was because Seattle kind of took their foot off the gas and weren't really pressing forward. Um, but he looked good. I mean, you can't, you can't say he didn't look good. So maybe give him a shot. I, I agree. And, um, you know, there's kind of the, the classic sort of hands to the air and yep. complaining stuff that people hate that, you know, when you're losing a game two 0 you either got to dig your way out, or, or just the complaining definitely doesn't help. So yeah. <laughs> dry that up, and so, um, so yeah, I'd, I'd say him get a Colin in there. Uh, the other, the good thing about this weekend is that Orlando um, are still missing. Uh, they'll be missing, I think, Ori Rizal, uh Dom Dwyer, uh, Dylan Powers, uh, Sasha Kleshton. They're missing a lot of good players, and now PC, who was weirdly in central midfield for them, is going to be suspended. So Orlando are there for the beating, uh, but they are at home. That's not, that's not uh, an easy place to go and, and get a result. Um, 
But you know what? What else? What else? If you're Adrian Heath, what are you going into this game thinking that you might change? Is there anything? Well, well, I mean, he's. It, I guess one question is if Mason Toy shows up, right? Um, yeah, we should bring that up because he yeah. might be the only striker, right? Um, that's a big deal. Um, yeah, we should say that, that might that, be thrilling. That Heath Heath told. Uh, um, told uh, Megan Ryan and and uh, Andy Greeter that uh, both Ramirez and Abu Dinladi are looking very uh, unlikely for this weekend. Ramirez's ankle, he did his ankle in, during the game and then kept on playing, but it was pretty swollen after. Um, so, yeah, we might just have Mason Toy up top. Uh, I suppose you could also do Molino as a as a striker, uh, um, but more likely you'd, you'd put Toy and keep Molino in your 10 uh you want you want Molino deeper uh you don't want to be putting him that far up or else you're you're losing all your playmaking ability yeah and so I mean I think maybe maybe that means we start Ibarra um I'm trying to think what the matchups are against Orlando there um because he's going to take advantage of left backs like he did uh against KC, right, that last year that um, he can torture a left back. He's good at the wrist, an outside back. Um, and with Molino behind him and, you know, Toy, kind of, we kind of got to see what he's got in him, but this might be a good chance to see what he's got in him. Yeah, they're, they're against the... They're fullbacks. Against, I was going to say against the depleted Orlando side in week two. Yeah, um, they've got um, uh, Scott Sutter and Mohamed El Manir uh, as their fullbacks. I, I don't think I know a thing about those guys. Uh, I, I yeah, can't, that, I can't tell you a thing. I mean, Scott Sutter. Well, Scott, Scott Sutter's got some history in the league, I think. Sure. Yeah. I mean, they're I mean, they're human beings who play <laughs> soccer, so I don't yeah, doubt yeah. that. I just I I can't yeah. can't tell you Probably a cool haircuts. Yeah, sure. I'm sure they're awesome. guys. <laughs> so Miguel's running up your throat. You're in trouble. Yeah, I, I don't know if you you have any other thoughts of what this game will look like. I, I think it's actually exciting because it's a good chance to to get something done. Scott uh, Scott Sutter um, used to play uh, in uh, Switzerland for uh, Young Boys and Grasshopper, and then Zurich. So. There's there's your Wikipedia fact about him. Uh, Mohamed El <laughs> Munir um, is Libyan and uh, last played for Partizan, so he has not appeared to play that much ever in his career, according to Wikipedia. But yeah, so there you go. We got a lot to a lot to learn about everybody this weekend. <laughs> Yeah. Um, did, did you do you think uh, Sam Nicholson is is going to keep going? Do you, did you like what you saw from him? I can't think why not. I mean he he made a difference in the game, and I think just based on the way we've been treating Ibarra for the last year, um, I think he seems to favor those kind of more forward leaning kind of risk taking outside backs. And I think Nicholson had that. Um, he got a good yellow card for running his mouth, didn't he? Or was that, there was a point when we were watching the game where we thought he got a yellow card for mouthing up to the rest of the referee. Oh yeah. I'm not, um, that, I mean, I, I was, that might've gone to somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> but so I appreciate that, that we got a, we have our first authentic little son of a bitch and I, I want to see him play some more. Um, I mean, he's not our first. Yeah. I, well, in MLS. In, okay, I'll take that. He's, he's no like, Johnny Steele. Like no, but I mean, intentionally, like, winding up the referee and, like, yeah, Johnny Steele, I'm sure. But also, Johnny Steele was a lot calmer when he played in MLS, so, I thought. But, the um, yeah, I, I, I didn't, you know, he, he exposed himself a couple of times, but it's, you know, risk-reward, right? Like, he's, He's trying to move the ball. He's trying to take um, take people on. He, he got some good crosses uh, in, so I'm I'm ready to give him that left wing spot right now. Um, let somebody else try to win it. 
Okay. Well, let's uh, let's we've got lots of Twitter questions, so let's uh, call it here for for the games and the previews, uh, and we'll see people back out on Saturday. And uh, let's do uh, a break. Back on the Fifty Five One podcast, I am Wes. I'm here with Jim Oliver. Uh, Jim, you're on Twitter at New School, right? Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep, New School. And we are um, going to take these questions now. Um, Steve Lindley sent me this. Uh, it's not a question, actually. <laughs> it's just a hypothetical. Let's say you're Manny Amos Heath. You've defended this roster all off-season and preseason, but you realize now, after preseason in San Jose, that you were wrong. You've realized that pundits, fans, experts were all correct, and that if things stay the same, you are headed straight to the wooden spoon. That's it. He didn't. He didn't put a question in, unless I like didn't fully copy it. Maybe I'm. Maybe I just forgot to. Uh oh! What do you do? He I did forget that. He, he did ask the what do you do? Um, what what what's what do you do, Jim? Um, I, don't, I mean, it seems pretty obvious that if um if any of those guys really feared for their jobs, uh, based on a wooden spoon performance, then we might have seen more this off season, right? Um just in terms of having the players that they've been saying they've been after, right? I mean, they've been telling us all off season that they've been on the hunt and ready to sign people the whole time. And, um, and it hasn't happened. So that must be okay. Um, I think I would probably talk about the stadium a lot and how, what a cathedral of modern football that's going to be and how excited we are to get into it. So yeah, you, you play, play the, play it exactly the way, the way they did. Uh, I mean, I, I guess hey, I, will. <laughs> I, I would say if, if there was, you are right that to say that the, this question requires an assumption that it matters whether or not they're the wooden spoon. Um, I, I, I don't think, you know, I, I have a lot of doubts about this team. I don't think they're headed for the wooden spoon. Um, I don't think so either. I think that they won't be very good, but there's just too much crap out there. Um, that said, uh, you know, if, if, yeah, if this question is correct and you, and it's like, okay, you, we need to do something then. Yeah. I, I would go through that Rolodex of, uh, uh, wow. I guess what I'm, you can't get an international number six right now. So you'd go through that Mm -hmm. Rolodex of who can you get in the league? And, um, are there teams who have extra number sixes lying around? Um, it's highly unlikely. So uh, I, I don't know what you, I don't think there's anything you can do until, until the transfer window opens up. So we're, it's kind yeah. of going to look the way it is for, for the next three months at minimum. Well, I mean, Alex, I think Alex has been hitting on the, the kind of three, five, two, um, formation experiments um but now is not the time to do that when all the strikers are injured in week one but um you know maybe a week or two down the road if um if if hopefully christian's ankle is just kind of a minor um turn and then we can start playing with that because we have players to do three five two like um at least as good as we're doing four two three ones, I think. Um, cause we have, um, you know, Miguel can play defense. Ethan can play defense. Um, they're both, they both have big engines, right? They're, they're not either of them super fast, but they have big engines. So like yeah. just get them running all the way up and down those, those touch lines. Um, Give that a try because that's a, that's a strength that we're kind of under exploiting right now. Yeah, uh, although Kevin Kevin Friedland uh, sent me a note to read to Alex Schieferdecker in case that Alex Schieferdecker brought up three three five two or, or <laughs> five five two two whatever. So, which is just that it exposes problems that we're not ready to deal with, and it usually only works against teams that have one striker. So, <laughs> um, at Dane Bernardo asks, uh, do you get the impression? 
anyone in the team cares about the stats that seem to flood the internet that say Coleman and Ibarra should be starting. Um, uh, you know, I mentioned that Alex talks about this in his piece, and then uh, um, our kind of discussion about it on our internal Slack led to um, Dave Ladig publishing some of his stats, which uh, were also, I think some of them were also in The Complete Darkness, about, you know, the best results last year, the best center back pairing was Coleman and Calvo. Um, you know, it, there are a lot of other... Uh, variables that could be brought into it but uh yeah the, it just the the best the best goal differential the best etc these things came from uh from those two do i think anyone cares about it um i think that certainly the fact that it is a large discussion point reaches coaches and and technical staff so yeah, I think people yeah. care, but do they give a damn about what any uh, nerd on the internet says? No, not in the least. Right, and well, and and to to take it less off or to take it off them a little bit too. Like I, I don't think I feel like those <clears throat> those stats are just the best argument you can make without anything other than game time performance to help you make your decision. You know what I mean? That like. You, you talk about all those variables and they, you know, you, you got to believe that the coaches have a better handle on, on the variables outside of the, um, the game performance and the, and the stats that get generated there. So I, I'm not questioning the validity of the stats. I'm just questioning whether that's like the most effective decision-making tool. Sure. So, I mean, I think, I, I don't think they care about those two stats in particular, um, just because I probably wouldn't if I were them. I'd probably have some other way to make my decision. That's because you make gut decisions. You're not a. You're not. I do. I well. Hey, those those got me this far. Right? <laughs> at <laughs> Miller lofty height. At Miller Tallboy uh, says uh, he wants your way too early 2018 MLS All Star team starting eleven. So do you, do you have one? No, I Joe Bendick was good. Um he stopped the penalty, so he's a goalkeeper. Uh uh he Higuaine in Columbus, that goal was awesome. Uh so he's one of my midfielders. Um Wenger and uh what's that what's the other uh forward in Houston, um, what is his name? Uh, Elise. Harris? Elise, yeah. yeah. Um, those two were super fun to watch on Saturday. So Houston's all right for them, but that's that's as far as I can go. Good, Bella, too. That was football <laughs> in the Rossi. Yeah, I mean, Javinko and Valeri are going to be in there. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, it's going to so be have a really good seven aside. Team right yeah. now, so maybe yeah. we should stop there. Um, our game is at Born with the Tail uh, says, "What does Jim think of this Sarap Sarparast demo?" I don't even know what this means. Um, Sarparast is a um, a New York black metal duo. I think it's a duo, um, like a really kind of lefty. Uh, like I, I don't know. If I don't know if I call them anarchists. Maybe I do. Um, I'm not super familiar with them. I have heard the demo, and it is like by the numbers, New York traditional black metal. So if you like that stuff and you want Marxist sort of um, class warfare, substituting the usual like nihilistic hate of black metal. It's actually interesting. I, this basically able, is just like Jim and Wes rolled up into one one band. It's you and I started a duo <laughs> black metal band, and yeah, all right. <laughs> so I recommend it if you like Don Raid for the politics, but you don't want the clean singing. Great, perfect. Check out Sarperast. Their records coming out later. Leo Spot uh, at Dower Duluthian says, "Change your mind on Nicholson." I assume that's directed to me. Uh, I mean, just just yeah. to just to be clear, 
Uh, my position on Sam Nicholson was, well, I think actually technically it was, I don't know what he's for, but, um, I, I thought that Sam Nicholson might have a bright future, but he was not ready to supplant uh, Miguel Ibarra. Uh, I don't think anyone in the offense from San Jose, uh, from the San Jose match, um, locked in a spot yet. So, um, Sam Nicholson and Ibarra rightfully should be fighting for a spot. Same with uh, Finley. Um, uh, right now, Sam Nicholson, I think, was decent. Uh, so, uh, you know, uh, I guess he, he can get a run out there again. But, um, no, I've not changed my mind. Rodrigo, Sam... Uh, if, oh, sorry. I just wanted to say, if this is how he looks in week one, I'm glad he's on our team for after the all-star break. If he can stay healthy, I'm actually pretty high on Sam Nicholson. Good. I thought he looked really good. <clears throat> Rodrigo Sanchez says, oh, Jesus, man, Rodrigo. So Peru handed <laughs> Boxall, or Boxhall, as uh, Dave Leidig uh, accidentally put in his graphics, and then we were too lazy to go back and fix. Um, they handed uh, him a big... L for trying to qualify for a World Cup. Would it be a great strategy not to start him against MLS teams that have Peruvian players? And then he wants me to name those play uh, those teams, oh, uh, which would be Vancouver and Portland. Uh, Portland has pulled. Uh, there, there's another guy. There... Too. Jordan? Orlando. I think there's a guy in Orlando. Oh, that could be. I think you're wrong about Vancouver, though. Reyna, no, Jordi Reyna plays in Vancouver. I know because every time Rodrigo's on this podcast, he talks about him. Rain okay. of this, rain of that. And then he's like, why won't they sign? Why won't Minnesota United sign Farfan? Oh my God. Rodrigo, we'll have you back what's on the podcast that, what's soon. What's the kid's name? Yeah, Rodrigo, tweet me the name of the kid in Portland because he's the young one, right? Polo. He's like 22. Polo. The, Polo. the yeah. guy that they just signed. Yeah, those are the only two I, I can think of right now. But. Um, so would it be a great strategy? Uh, I mean, I think I'm not a big fan of Boxall yet. Uh, so. It's a great strategy to not start him all the time in, in my mind. Uh, but I, I do want to say about I, about yeah. Coleman, because the, the, then Paul Tenorio jumped in on Twitter and was we, there was this fight over the Coleman question, Boxall. I don't think anyone in – well, some people do just love Coleman. I think Coleman is still a good backup to that position, but he's still better right now. I think I would rather have Calvo and Coleman, but I do think we need to be signing someone better than Coleman. Uh, as much as I like the guy, he's I don't think he uh, right now is good enough to have that locked in uh, center back spot. I just I think we signed Boxall and he wasn't an improvement over Coleman. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that because and that first goal is the example because in my mind it, that ball comes in and either Coleman doesn't make that challenge or he makes it and wins it or he fouls the guy trying to win it and stops the move at least. Like I don't I I don't see Coleman getting beat in the air for a ball like that and that's yeah that maybe changes that game a whole lot. So. Yeah, and, and as Leidig points out, uh, you know, Coleman is way better at, at winning headers uh, than Boxhall. I also think that what Coleman brings is, particularly when a team plays with one striker, um, Coleman is really good at marking that striker out of the game so that Calvo can go break up balls coming in uh, and and be a bit, little bit roam a bit more. I think that that's what Coleman is really good at doing, and so... Um, you know, when we are playing those kind of uh, one one striker teams, which you know is not San Jose. So, um, right. let me go to this last question. Brandon DePillis asks: Adrian Heath, good with adjustments, worthless with initial game plan or strategy. What, <laughs> what, what's your what is your uh, your Heath take here? I I I told you earlier that that I view the, the Miguel late in the game sub as kind of like evil genius. Well, you called it a level. war crime first. Um, and so I, I was actually confused on your well, take. That's who commits war crimes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, 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 it's beautiful in it's cruelty, right? That, um, and, and it's, I, I don't think it's the right way to play Miguel, but if that's, but, but it can be effective if it's your plan, right? So if you're, 
if you're using Finley to to beat somebody into submission, then you but, then the bar is the coup de grace, then that's good. But um yeah, he made he made two good changes, but I think that game got a lot easier though too at the end. So so, so maybe they looked better. It looked like we might if the game went another ten more minutes, we might have scored that equalizer. Uh so. so it kind of <laughs> ask, makes you ask the question, why did we wait until the 75th minute to try to make a change? We were losing by three goals. Um, yeah. Like, why not in the 62nd minute bring in Ibarra, make this change then, uh, and then start like start trying to affect the game? I mean, your game plan was not working. So that's where that's what the kind of stuff, and I know like substitutions are one of the things that people always harp on. Everyone always hates uh, manager substitution, so it's a really easy to think thing to be like, "Oh, why aren't you subbing now?" Um, but I, yeah. I I don't think I think the nice thing about Adrian Heath is that he does actually adjust. Like I've said this way many times, but there are a lot of times where the team has tried very different things. Um, most of them have not worked. Uh, but I, I, I do like that. Um, I, I, I just, yeah, I'm, I'm still not, he's not convinced me ever. I, I, and, and this, this comes back to actually this, um, in the, uh, extra time radio MLS preview, I think Bobby Warshaw, who, um, was really high on Minnesota United until he and I were texting and he was asking me some questions <laughs> and then he was like, Holy shit, I think this is going to be the worst team of all time. So, um, but he, you know, Bobby's point about the team, I think, or someone's point was um, Adrian Heath needs to make this team better than the sum, uh, sum of its parts. Um, or the, yeah. this make the sum better than its parts. Sorry, I, I said that wrong. Um, and I, I've never, I've rarely seen that. A couple times last year, you, you did see that. Um, you know those big, really important Portland and Sporting KC wins at home. I think were truly that. Um, there was, I don't think there was any luck in those two wins, uh, and there was luck in some of our other wins. Um, and I just that's my that's my real problem. I don't see the way that uh, um, uh, Pablo Mastrani in in Colorado brought this kind of ragtag team and made them really good. I don't see Adrian Heath taking this ragtag team and making them better than their individual brilliance or talent. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it, it, it's just the defense, right. That, that really kills me because like he's, I can, I can imagine ways to, you know, for whatever good that, you know, for what little I know that I see that, the attacking side of it, there's combinations that we can make that I can imagine some, some players playing off each other and getting things done. I don't understand what box all brings that doesn't introduce more weaknesses than it does strengths that he's a little bit more physical in the box maybe. And so maybe we were playing scared of Wando on corners. So box is going to just run him into the ground. Like, was that the plan? I don't know why he was on the field first. Um, I can't, yeah. So, like, that that's completely confusing to me, but everybody else that started understanding the personnel that we completely lack that everybody seems to know, like, I think everything in front of that back four and behind it you can make an argument for, but I just don't understand why. Box all starts. If he starts again next weekend, I'm like, I don't get it. Spoiler alert: He will, uh, <laughs> and we will talk about it and bitch about it right here on Fifty Five One Podcast. Um, Jim, thank you for for joining me. Uh, um, I hope you enjoy uh, the snow, uh, and uh, thank you, listeners. And uh, hopefully, we'll all talk soon. Yeah.